Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. Ah, wow. So the theme for this month is, as I said, is hope and faith and miracles. Miracles being an awesome normality, like it's normal. Awesome. Awesomeness is normal. And it, uh, um, an illustration I'll use, which I was sharing with someone just last week, is that I had been looking for a, a phone number, and it was for, for a department in a large company, and I got on their website, but it's like, where, hmm, wasn't finding it, was very discouraged, and I finally just said, you know, God, you've got to bring me the number. And I got on Facebook, and you know how they have those ads? Well, it was for that company. And the department I wanted, and the phone number was right in front of me. It's like, like the first thing on the stream. It was, it was amazing. But that's normal now. That's normal now. And I want to study, and I am studying, how the mind works so that that can be normal now. I realized that I was, I was driving, I drive a lot during the week because I go uh, north to um, the Mount Vernon area to uh, ride my horse and take a lesson, and uh, I spend a lot of time in the car, and that's where I get these downloads, and, and I realized that I love formulas, I loved algebra, I love geometry, and I love the formulas that are mind formulas, the formulas that help us live in harmony with the law of cause and effect. And because I'm starting to watch Star Wars again (laughs) with my husband, I want to study what makes us able to use the force, you might say. And uh, I was, and then this thought went off in my head. I said, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm sound like such a geek. So I went home and I got, got the definition of being a geek or a nerd not, not knowing if I was one or the other or both. And I look up the definitions, and they're very interesting. A nerd is someone who is passionate about learning. I'm a nerd. And then a geek is someone who's passionate about a particular subject. I'm a geek. Because I'm passionate about studying spiritual laws and spiritual principles and how to apply them. I love that. I want to, I want to take things that seem so esoteric and so fuzzy make them very concrete and practical. That's our theme for next year is practical spirituality. Like how do you practice so that you get a result and so that you actually live in the results of awesomeness? Now awesomeness doesn't mean more, more, more. It means more security and information and wisdom and balance and flow. That's what I mean by awesomeness. More love, more understanding, more creativity, whatever. So I want to give you a very nerdy explanation of hope today. Very geeky. Because I, I realize that hope is something that is sometimes out of the equation for spiritual practice. And when it When it's removed from the equation of spiritual practice, what happens is that we have to work harder instead of work less. We have to work harder for what we want instead of of just allowing things to, to develop and let God move us 
in a beautiful, flowing, natural, awesome way into living life fully. So um, let me give you the formula for this, I believe. Well, before I do that, I just need to say, before I give you that, before I uh, give you the formula, I want to say that, that hope is an internal spiritual tool that we have. We were installed with it. <laughs> and it is your spiritual GPS for satisfaction and freedom from struggling. Hope is your internal GPS. So I'm going to share with you something that inspired me. This is from Gary Schultz, one of our wonderful prayer practitioners, and he shared this on Facebook, and I condensed it because it was beautiful and, and elegant, but I wanted to get to the heart of the matter. What he said is, in condensed form, is a plant always bends towards its natural light. So if the light's here, the plant would bend towards that. Humans, like plants, will yearn and lean towards the light. Thus, various groups have ways of honoring the light when it gets the darkest. And that would be one of the reasons why we celebrate Hanukkah and solstice and Christmas and Kwanzaa and Denali is because it has to do with light. And even though there's a tradition behind it and it's a spiritual tradition behind it, there's something about bringing light into your home that just feels good. And we yearn for it. And light, and we put lights out. It's like, it feels good. We, we want that. And like most life, now I, I wrote, last night I wrote, and like all life, and then I know then something went off because I'm geeky. I realized that there are actually living things. They found living things so far down in the bottom of the ocean that no light has ever got there, or they've never seen light, and they're still living. So not all living things have to have light, but most living things need light, and they move towards that light. So to be very specific, like most living things long for and lean towards light, the soul, your soul, my soul, that everlasting, eternal God spark within us, the soul leans towards hope. Hope brings expansion. At the same time, our personality ego, that which was built up around our personality to protect us and keep us safe, the ego, leans towards <laughs> caution. The soul leans towards hope. The, the ego leans towards caution. Now, caution brings stagnation, and, at, at, and at the, if it gets even worse than that, it brings forth or, or makes us contract. So hope goes to expansion. Caution goes towards stagnation or contraction. Einstein said, with every challenge, there is an opportunity, and hope will lead us to that opportunity. There's a teaching with Emma Curtis Hopkins where she said that every time there's a challenge, and she didn't even mean challenge. She could, it wasn't like a big thing, like, oh, I lost my job. It could just be a sense of dissatisfaction, of, of uncomfort, of, of uh, divine discontent. She said every time you're experiencing that, your mind will do two things. The first thing that will do is it will move towards hope. First thing, 
will move towards hope, and the hope will speak of opportunity and expansion and newness. This, but then the mind, no, 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 that's like the pull of the soul. But she said, immediately after that, your mind will lean towards fear. Fear is the language of the ego, and it speaks of playing it safe. It speaks of uh, don't get involved, don't get your hopes up, hopes up. <laughs> you don't want to be disappointed again. You remember how you did it last time? Let's just play it safe and let's stay here and give, a, give it a rest. That's fear speaking. That the, that's the ego wanting to keep us safe. I'll give you two examples. One is historical. Not hysterical, historical. And it has to do with Hanukkah. And I've always loved that story because I love miracles. I love the holidays. I love the miracle stories. Um, there was just something so sweet about the, the Jews coming back to their temple and wanting to cleanse it from the Greek occupancy in Jerusalem and also their temple, their holy temple. And they cleansed it all out, and then they wanted to purify it, and there was, they needed to burn holy oil, and they only had a small amount, but it burned for eight days. And to me, that's a, that's a miracle. That's great. I love that. I, I'm all over it. To me, that says, if you start to use what you have, most likely what you have will last you more than you think it will. For me, that's like going to the grocery store and being able to not have to go to the grocery store for another week. The food lasted. I love it. It's, I love that story. But oh, I heard another version from Rabbi Ted when he spoke of Hanukkah many years ago. He said, you know, I don't think the miracle was that the oil lasted. I think the miracle is that someone had a hope that they would return to the temple and then they had faith that God would return them to the temple. And so they hid some oil. Wow. When all things look dark, someone had hope. And they let faith follow that hope. I think that's pretty amazing. Because I get a, a download for these kinds of things, I also have to then play them out in my own mind. And as I was driving north yesterday and knowing that I would have a big chunk of time out of Saturday taken, I said, as I got in the car, you know, you know God, you're going to have to give me a talk and give it to me quickly because I'm not going to have as much time sitting by the fire <laughs> in stillness and silence waiting for you to inspire me and so almost immediately before I even got on the freeway I had I had what I needed to talk about which was the technology of hope and how to break it down so that anybody could use it and anybody could be blessed by it but then all the way north and all the way back I had to look at all the ways I don't use it I had to play it out in my own consciousness so that I could clear up my consciousness so that I could convey what hope could do. And I realized that so often I, I don't do exactly 
what I'm asking you to do. Now I've got to change. For instance, as soon as this virus pandemic is over, and I, it will be, one of the first places I want to go to or go back to is Egypt. There's a lot of places I want to go, actually. But the place that's calling me is Egypt. I've been many, many times, more than I can count. But this time, next, next time, I want to go with my husband. He's gone twice. He enjoys it. I enjoy it, but I want to enjoy it with him. And as soon as I knew that, like, I, that's what I want, I had this hope. I saw, this, I saw us together. I, I thought how wonderful it will be to be on Muhammad's boat that floats down the Nile with, with Tim. And then, that was hope, and then immediately, I could see it happen. The ego said, it's really hard to get Tim to go on a trip. Why even try? You know that he doesn't trust people to take care of the animals, and it's hard to get people to take care of the animals. And now you've got a dog, and he's crazy. You can't just put him in a kennel. You just made it extra hard. Now, horses are one thing. Dog is another thing, but this is just going to be impossible. Blah, 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 blah. Which has been my experience, by the way. But here's the deal. Faith and miracles follow what you give your attention to. And I had to, in that moment, I'm driving, and I had to, in that moment, decide that I would put my faith on my hope and let God work out the details. Instead of putting my faith in the past and how things had been and playing it safe so that I'm not disappointed if Tim doesn't go. I mean, think of all the times where hope has said, go here, and, and your ego, because this, this is the ego, this is how the ego speaks. Let's not get our hopes up so we won't be disappointed. Hmm. And yet hope says, let's, let's do this. Now, here's the deal. Both our soul, our eternal, everlasting self, and our ego want to avoid suffering. They just go about it differently. You know, the talk title today is Hope, God's Deliverance from Suffering. We don't like to suffer. But the soul avoids suffering by creating a new pattern and a new experience not based on the past. The ego, on the other hand, wants to stay in the old pattern and not think about doing anything new because it's afraid to try something new, so let's just stay here and pray to be happy. Both are trying to avoid suffering. Now here's the issue. The soul is the center of our divine self. And the mind is a center of divine operation. And the divine operation is always for expansion and fuller expression. So the soul always wants to expand and more fully express. It's called to do that. The ego is, 
We're happy here. Isn't this okay? You have an okay time when you go by yourself, but it would expand my marriage and my relationship and my connection to Tim if he could go with me. Hope is the voice of the soul, our higher self. It is that eternal aspect of ourself. It longs to live large. Not live large like more stuff. Live large like as in freedom. I, I, I am amazed at uh, wanting to put into some sort of form to describe aspects of ourselves. So a few years ago, I started writing poems. They're not, they're not rhymy poems. They're just word pictures so this is the one on hope hope is frail and wispy her iridescent bones shining through her translucent skin what good is hope you might ask her name nothing more than a four letter word but the gods knew the true power of hope when she was created about a half a second after humanity by the way you see She's small enough to fit into the human heart and yet strong enough to never give up and never give out. You see, she also has magic eyes that can see into the future and portend amazing possibilities. And when hope reunites with her big sister Faith, ah, watch the miracles happen. For when the miracle sisters are united, Faith feeds hope, and what was once a wispy dream is fleshed out into a tangible reality. Faith, you see, is the substance of all things hope longs for. See, I'm not leaving it up to just hope. I'm also then saying we must follow it up with faith. Where does faith come in? Well, faith is a power. It's an expectation. It's the ability to create but it fills out whatever we put our focus on. If we put our focus on hope, it fills out the hope. If we put our focus on our fears, it will continue to give us evidence that we need to be afraid and play small. Hmm. I, I said that I want us to have miracles. My going north is... is and going to a trainer and, and, and riding my horse is, is part of a miracle. Because I reached a place with my, with my beloved Sue, Susie Q was her name, that she wasn't going to be the horse that I wanted, that, would, that I needed right now. Uh, and I remember hoping that I could have that kind of horse, and then realizing that that would be very difficult because I already have her and, and I, do, I can't afford both of them. And, and I remember just putting my faith in my hope and, and in a way saying, God, you handle this. Within a week, she was sold without me advertising her. And I was told that the kind of horse that I want was not available in Washington, that I'd have to go to Arizona or Texas and... 
because that's where they train these kinds of horses. And, and I didn't want to get an airplane and I didn't want to fly down there and I didn't want that difficulty. But all of a sudden, somebody like my wonderful little horse showed up in Washington. And he's a dream. He's a dream come true, so I named him, his barn name is now Dreamer. And I didn't work hard. I just allowed myself to entertain my hope. I, and by entertaining hope, I gave faith direction. I could have entertained all the reasons why it would never work. And I, I'm not saying I would have suffered with Sue, but I wouldn't have had the experience, the expanded experience that I'm having with my new horse if I had entertained all the reasons why I could never have this horse. It worked out, I'm going to say miraculously, but it is now my new normal. Awesome outcomes are my new normal. And I'm realizing it's because whether I was conscious of it or not, I am learning to trust hope more than I am fear. And I'm asking you to do the same. I'm going to give you the download of eight weeks of self-mastery. <laughs> you can take the class or you can just understand this. Because we go through all sorts of processes and all sorts of ways of talking about it. But the basic bottom line of self-mastery is it's learning how to play the game of life. And Ashley Brilliant said that life is the only game where the objective is to find out and discover and live the rules. Now, here's, here's the thing with, with this thing called life. We're either playing to win, which is to grow, to learn, to expand, to try, to be fearless, which means we follow our hope, or we're playing the game to not lose, to to uh, protect ourselves, to look good, to not be embarrassed, to not, to not try something that we're not good at right away, all of those things. We're either playing to win, which is we're playing to fo by following our hope, or we're playing not to lose by following our fear and our ego by playing safe. So I want you to join me in a meditation. Take a deep breath and ask what's up for you. What, what comes to you? Where you have some divine discontent? It was just a little discontent. There was nothing wrong with my beloved horse. I loved her. I raised her from a baby. Her mother was my favorite horse ever. I loved Sue. It's just she wasn't the kind of horse that I wanted for what I wanted to progress in. There was a little divine discontent. Sometimes these aren't big, huge things. They're not losing your job. It's just where is it that you're not fully expressing yourself and you feel stifled? And it can be you lost your job. I mean, I used this very same principle when I got fired from the only job I was ever fired from. <laughs> but wherever you are, think of a thing. Think of a thing. It could be big. It could be small. It could be... Life, life roads diverging or it could just be, you know what? 
I don't like the color of my kitchen. It doesn't matter. What is your challenge? Big, small, medium. Mama bear, baby bear, papa bear. What's your challenge? Now take a deep breath and let hope tell you of the opportunity. Turn your attention to your heart where hope lives. And even though she is small and frail and wispy, she will never give up and never give out. She's always there whispering what's possible. She can see what's possible. Listen to your hope. And acknowledge you have fears. We're not doing a spiritual bypass here. The ego wants to say, yeah, but what about, but what about, and remember when? And don't look foolish. Let's not do that. Let's play it safe. This isn't so bad. Come on. Turquoise kitchens aren't bad. No, we like lime green. Come on. Let's not make a mess. What if you paint it and you don't like it? You know, all that stuff, that mind chatter that keeps us stuck, that makes us want to contract instead of explore. That's playing not to lose. And hope says, you know what? Let's try another color. We can always repaint. It doesn't matter. Hope says, this industry isn't growing, but this industry is. What if we got a job there? Hope is always seeing potential and possibility. Now, take a deep breath. And I'm asking you what I'm asking myself. That I may follow my hopes. That I may put my attention on my hope. And let faith do the work. For faith will follow wherever I focus. And faith creates miracles. Or normalities. An awesome normality? Or the same old, same old normality. Choose you this day which thing you will focus on. Will you let your soul talk or your ego? And I'm inviting you to follow your soul's messenger. Her name is Hope. It's the time for miracles. Let's follow hope. <laughs>